Well, hey friends, welcome to MyFi. Glad that you're here. Another great episode for you today. I'm, I'm super excited. I talked to a, a fresh, young, uh, I'm going to say alternative pop artist, my friend OK Kennedy. And she has a single out uh, called Young, Dumb, and Naive, and it's fantastic. You can stream it everywhere. You can check out the uh, YouTube, uh, the official video, the lyric video. There's all sorts of stuff on YouTube that we kind of get into in the interview as well. Um, but first, just hit subscribe wherever you're at, YouTube, um, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Y'all know the drill. Hit subscribe so you can get all the notifications and whatnot, and share the show with people if you've been digging it. We've had some great guests to start the year. If you missed episodes with uh, Dylan Nash from the band Lily, uh, it was Great episode. Um, my friend JD Clayton was just on an episode today. We got OK Kennedy. We got some great episodes lined up for the next couple of months. So we're super excited uh, about it. 2023 is getting off to a fantastic start for MiFi. And uh, we got a great show for you today. So let's get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, man, the, the, the Grammys were last night and I didn't get to see them. So I'm still like, it's the day after the Grammys that I'm recording this episode and I'm still flipping through social media and like getting the, you know, the lay of the land of like kind of what happened last night at the Grammys. So I don't, I don't even know enough to comment yet, but I did see, uh, and, and, uh, okay. Kennedy and I talked a little bit about the, the controversial or whatever it was that Bonnie Raitt, I guess, won. Uh, in a category, maybe it was maybe it was record of the year or something. She won uh, and beat out like uh, Taylor Swift and Adele. And I don't I don't know. I, I don't even know the song. So now I'm like I'm into it. I'm gonna go uh, listen to the Bonnie Raitt track uh, as soon as I'm done with the podcast and like check this out. I've been catching clips and I heard the Bad Bunny performance was amazing. I saw some clips of it. It looked super cool. I uh, can't wait to go catch up on. It. I'm, I'm really bummed I missed it. Um, but uh, my daughter was in a playoff basketball game and they won and, uh, she had a lot of points. So uh, as you know, as a dad, I missed the Grammys for really good reason. I just want you guys to know that I'm a music fan, but, uh, but dad first, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, pop music is, uh, seems to be alive and well, uh, not just at the Grammys, you know, I think there were some great pop releases. I saw the Harry Styles record one, uh, album of the year, I think, uh, and rightly so. That was one of my favorites. If you missed, I did a bonus episode back in December on my top 10 records of the year. Harry Styles, Harry's house was in there. And, uh, I think, man, I think pop music is just in a great situation right now. I, you know, some people disagree with me, but I think the Taylor Swift Midnight's record at first I like listened to it and I didn't, I was like, eh. And then, uh, I caught a, uh, a, a different single maybe. I don't know. I gave it another shot and I, I was like into it, man. I've been listening to that record a lot. I think Anna Toff's production on it, um, the production on it was really great. I think the the songs are really great. It's an, it's an interesting album for sure. I'm interested to see how she follows it up. Um, but yeah, I think, I think pop music's doing great. So I, I was thinking, you know, for the intro today, I wanted to talk about some maybe lesser known uh, pop music that's out there that I think is really great. So hopefully if you've, if you've heard of these artists, awesome. If you haven't go check them out. Um, but, uh, a lot of times people send me these things, you know, and partly because, okay, Kennedy's on, I, I would, I would put her music in the alternative pop, uh, or pop kind of category. Um, incredibly, she's a great songwriter. Um, I, I've just heard this one track, um, but there's a lot of tunes we talk about a little bit in the episode, you know, that they've got an album's worth of material, 
um, that they've, they've worked on, maybe completed. I, I, I don't think we got into all that, but um, we talk about some stuff you'll, you'll hear in the interview. But anyway, um, I would put her in that category too. And there's a lot of bands right now or artists right now, I should say, that I think are just great pop artists. Um, my friend Richard sent me an artist uh, not too long ago uh, called Fickle Friends. They're a UK band. I think their first record dropped in like 2016-ish. Um, but their most recent album just fantastic. Got hooked on a couple of songs of it. Fickle Friends, go check them out. Um, Betty Who. Betty Who's been around for a little while. I think that she's on like her third-ish record. I'm, I'm kind of guessing. I'm, I kind of purposefully didn't like go research all this. So I'm, I'm just a fan. I'm just talking to you as a fan. I'm not like the press. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to act like, you know, I, I know it all. I didn't, I didn't go do all this research. I'm just a fan of these people. Okay. So I'm talking purely as a fan. I'm not trying to promote anybody. Well, I am trying to promote OK Kennedy because she's on the show and her music great. But, but I do like, I'm just a fan of hers too. And, and the, and the single that's out. So anyway, uh, fickle friends, Betty, who, uh, my son actually the other day, we were, we were cruising around. I was like, Hey, who are you listening to? Uh, he's, he's 15. I was like, who, who are you into? You know? And he talked to me about this band called half alive that, uh, I checked out and yeah, they're, they're excellent too. I think, uh, he and I are going to see if we can go catch them here in the Atlanta area. Uh, I think they're here in April, something like that. Uh, so we're going to try to go, go catch half alive. And then I caught a performance, um, on Fallon last week, uh, from an artist day glow. Uh, and it was great too. And, and just super kind of bedroom indie pop kind of stuff. Uh, but really great performance, really energetic. And I think a lot of these young upcoming pop artists have are really grateful for the way that their careers are going. And they just have this great like attitude and, and, and atmosphere about them. Uh, and, uh, I definitely saw that watching that day glow performance on Fallon and, you know, watching some of the videos of half alive and it, especially in this conversation I had with okay Kennedy today too. And, uh, but before I, I jump into that, I want to, uh, tell you a little bit about her and, and we get into the interview. Uh, let's do record of the week. Uh, record of the week is actually Coldplay X and Y. And I have a great vinyl copy of it. I didn't, I didn't pull it, but it's a, it's a repress. Um, I mean, as you would think, I don't even know that they were pressing vinyl when that record came out. Um, and, but anyway, X and Y was this interesting Coldplay album. And to me, it was like the end of an era in Coldplay because after that, I, I, I think they're great. Coldplay's fine. I haven't been as into their last few records. Um, uh, I don't know. They just hadn't caught me. But X and Y was the last like full Coldplay album that I was like, whoa, this is an incredible album. Um, and after it released, I uh, was informed that the whole album uh, was an homage and uh, uh, like a like an honoring thing to Kraftwerk, who I've been a fan of for a long time, Trans Europe Express, and you know all that sort of stuff. And there's a track on. So, so, uh, it went as far as even that on the X and Y tour, they kind of dressed like Kraftwerk. Kraftwerk is a German, uh, electronic band that started in the seventies and they were kind of pioneers. Like they have a track called metal on metal. That's one of the most sampled tracks in hip hop. Um, uh, the song computer love was a hit for them. And it's actually where Coldplay got the riff for the song talk that is on X and Y. So there's a really great, uh, guitar hook that starts the song talk on X and Y. And it's actually the hook from the Kraftwerk song computer love. So if you start digging into that, if you're a Coldplay fan or a Kraftwerk fan and you start digging, you're going to find all these connections that Coldplay was really trying to give props to 
Craftwork. Uh, I mentioned they uh, a minute ago. They they dressed like Craftwork on that tour. They were in like all black with white shoes. And Craftwork's always known for they dress alike and they stand on a stage in front of their laptops and you know all this sort of thing. And they have like cool LED shows, or, uh, you know, uh, uh, screens and all that sort of stuff. Unfortunately, um, one of their founding members passed away um, a couple of years ago, and they're still touring and doing their thing. Um, but I think it's the first time in the history of that band. They're not all original guys, but anyway, record of the week, Coldplay X and Y. And while you're at it, go check out Craftwork. Trans Europe Express is a great, uh, record as well. And obviously had a lot of inspiration for Coldplay X and Y, but let's jump in, uh, to the episode this week. Had a great conversation with my friend, okay. Kennedy, uh, she's Georgia born, born and raised pop star in the making. Uh, and when I say that, I don't say it lightly. Uh, she's got great vocal skills. She's a great songwriter. Um, she's kind of, I guess, quietly cultivated these things. She tells a great story in the interview today about the time that she almost gave up on music. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that she didn't. She just recently released her debut single young, dumb and naive, uh, to rave reviews. Uh, it's, I haven't met someone who I've showed the song to who hasn't gone wow, this is really special. Uh, it's a really special tune. Um, she's worked with, uh, uh, Jared Prisbiz, uh, who I know and Dan Hannon, uh, who I also know they're, they're both great producers. Dan's worked with Manchester orchestra and Paris Jackson, um, and has uh, been an incredible producer for years and years. They're both incredible songwriters. She recorded, uh, this project and, and the subsequent singles to come, um, at a great studio in Muscle Shoals, uh, Alabama, um, called Ivory Manor at the Shoals, uh, owned by a great dude named Michael Wright. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just, she's surrounded by great people. She writes great songs. These songs have been recorded well in a historic town, uh, in a great recording studio. And so I just can't wait to see what happens with her career. Uh, you can check out, um, her website's just okkennedy.com, uh, O-K-A-Y. K-E-N-E-D-I, okkennedy.com. And that's her socials too, at okkennedy. You can uh, find her on YouTube where she's done this great series of vlogs that we talk a little bit about in the in the interview. But it's like all this behind the scenes stuff and she does them, I mean, really regularly. Uh, and so you can kind of get a sense of uh, her just personality is super fun and all that sort of stuff. And then the process of making the record and all that, if that stuff interests you, uh, go check it out because it's really entertaining and really fun and, and really great to see all the behind the scenes stuff. But uh, with no further ado, let's jump into this conversation I had with my friend, OK Kennedy. OK Kennedy, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great to have you on the show. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we were talking a little bit before I hit record here, and um, I, I'm obsessed with Young, Dumb, and Naive, the single, uh, the new debut single. Uh, my kids are. Uh, I've heard it at like tons of places I've been recently. Some of them we were, we were at the same place, you know, gatherings and whatnot, but it seems like the song seems so big and I guess developed, um, for like a debut. Like, do you feel that way about it? Or does it feel like, it feels like I'm listening to the single going like, I mean, this has got to be like a third record or something. <laughs> and it's like the first song. It just feels like really awesome. Does it feel that way to you? Or does it feel brand new? Like what, what, what are you thinking right now? Uh, well, I've been, I don't know. I'm blown away by the response. First of all, I think it's been, it's been super cool. Like to see something that I've lived with for pretty much a year, um, go out into the world and be so supported. I mean, like people have been really supportive and that's blown yeah. me away. Uh, I think it, it, it is a big song. It's huge. Um, and I can't like, I owe a lot of that to the team I've been working with. Um, yeah. 
and that it's funny that you say it sounds like a third record or whatever. Um, that's probably because it's my first record, but everyone else on the team, it's not their first record. So I feel like <laughs> I benefited from that because like I got to double on like their experience and stuff. So they make it sound so good, even though it's my freshman release. I don't even know what number release it is. So it's it's like all that wisdom and all that work combined yeah. into this this song. So I wrote it just my acoustic, me and my acoustic. So to hear it like that is like crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The only context I have is is the single itself. So I'm sure, is that how you normally write? Just you and guitar? Yes. Typically, I'd say 95% of the time, it's just me and my guitar or at a piano. Is that how you've always, uh, did you grow up playing? Like what, what, how old were you when you got your first instrument? Like what was that? Um, I grew up, um, my family was really involved in church and my, my dad sang, my grandmother played piano for nice. the church. Um, and so I, I grew up around music all the time. And it's funny, I have like little home videos of me taking just interest <laughs> in my grandmother's piano at like 18, 19 months. Wow. So uh, my parents put me in piano lessons around five and then I took piano for like nine years. Then I taught myself guitar on YouTube because you can go to like university on YouTube. Yeah, totally. Um, and then I don't know. And then I, I always wrote songs. So just like I have home videos of me as a kid crawling on pianos and whatever, I have these little notebooks I've kept. Um, well, when I first started being able to like write in a notebook where I just, it says Kennedy songs and like, you know, little kid handwriting and I just all these words and scribbles and stuff. Um, so it, people ask me that all the time. They're like, have, when did you start writing songs? And I can never give like a, a pointed answer because to me I've always written songs because yeah. I, I can't remember life before writing songs even when they made no sense and there were scribbles and hearts and circles so sure um, always I think yeah that's awesome yeah uh, do you remember early on like an encounter like a, a song or an artist or something that you heard that was like a moment for you it was like oh man that's really cool like a, a record an artist anything like that yeah don't laugh at me oh, that's fine My that's fine <laughs> You'd be surprised um, at people's answers really? to this question. Yeah. Um, I think I grew up in my home. Like I was, my dad was a pastor and we were not allowed to listen to secular music um, growing up. But when my dad would go home, would leave, my mom was a huge like 80s rock and roll fan. Yeah. So when dad left, we got to play like some 80s rock and roll music. And I, my mom went through this phase with me where she loved the Pina Colada song. And so <laughs> she would grab um, wooden spoons in the kitchen and hand me one and we would sing the Pina Colada song to each other. So I remember like growing up with that memory, Pina Colada song and Jesse's girl and going like music can be this, it can make people have this much fun and be this cool. And I'll remember, like, I remember it as if it was yesterday. And so I don't know, those, those songs resonate with me. I think they're super fun, but also it's the association of, wow, like, I don't know, these songs, my mom has so much fun with these songs. I have so much fun when we play these songs and it yeah. just like, it stuck with me. Yeah. Do you, yeah. well, do you remember, um, was there a time when you got to like go pick up your own music and you know, what was the first thing that, that Kennedy reached for when you went to the record store or I guess at your age, the CD store or the iTunes download store? App I don't iTunes downloads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But <laughs> yeah. even even before iTunes downloads, you know how you could like rip things off of YouTube and put them on your computer? Oh yeah. I, I was I was really good at that. So <laughs> of course of course I went straight for the eighties rock and roll because of the association with mob and everything. Well, um, you say eighties rock. Well yeah. like who? Like who? Yeah, okay. Journey, of yes. course. Um I, big fan of Faithfully. I think that song does not get nearly um, a much, like, I don't know, clout that it should. Um, Jesse's Girl. I'm like, 
I'm such a song by song person that it, it was never for me just like one artist. It was yeah. um, a song at a time. So, you know, I loved, um, what is the song? Welcome to the jungle. We oh, got yeah. fun and gay. <laughs> Guns and Roses. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. Stuff like that. And, and none of my friends were listening to that. So everybody be like, oh, do you know this, this new record that just came out? And I was like, no, but guys, have you heard of like Guns N' Roses? Because I yeah. have, I didn't grow up with Guns N' Roses. I'm just now <laughs> discovering Guns N' Roses. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was, ne- I never had like, I don't know. I could not ever connect with my friends for a while over music because I feel like I was catching up, playing catch up <laughs> from things I wasn't allowed to listen to. But yeah. I was blown away by, by that stuff. Uh, and then of course, you know, I had to have the stereotypical like Jonas Brothers and yeah, um, you know, of my my age, all the girls in sixth, seventh grade, Jonas Brothers and Hannah Montana and High School Musical, all that stuff. So I had all that as well. I'm today, I'm ashamed to admit that, but I did. No, hey, you know what? It's so funny to me. Like I, I went through like a huge like indie snob phase in my twenties. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and not not I, I don't know. I think I've gotten to the point where. If, if it does something to you, I don't know. I was literally thinking about this today. There's like songs that people go, man, that song was just like a gimmick. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean like that the people who created it weren't like cool people or yeah. like talented. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if like uh, who let the dogs out is, is <laughs> hilarious. You know what I'm saying? Like we go like, that's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous song. But it was like one of the biggest songs of all time. And I don't yeah. know the Baja men. No. They they could be cool hangs. They could be like super talented producers for all I know. I don't know who they are. Uh, and so even like the gimmicky stuff, I mean, I don't know. It takes a lot to 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 uh, share music, sell records, whatever it is, you know, get streams on like a massive level. So I don't know, man, like Hannah Montana did something right because Miley Cyrus's career seems to be going just fine. <laughs> hey, and everyone I was in school with, they, they all knew those songs. So oh, yeah. Doing Still. something. I mean, people still, we pulled some of that up on Disney Plus the other day because my kids grew up in that generation too. So, I mean, I know Hannah Montana stuff. I'm not ashamed, but I grew up in the Guns N' Roses era. So, yeah. And I still got sucked into high school musical and all that stuff. (laughs) I mean, don't be ashamed, Kennedy. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Who are you, uh, who are you listening to right now? I mean, the Grammys were, were just this past weekend. Uh, I watched them. Yeah. Yeah. what, What were you, were you excited about it? Like, I was. Well, I really love Brandy Carlisle's album in these silent days. Oh, she's I, great. To me, I think that that is one of the best records I've heard in a really long time. Mm. Um, right on time, phenomenal song. Of course, Broken Horses, but I think Right on Time might be my favorite. Mm. Um, so I was really pulling for her to win. And, and I saw she won um, a Grammy for the rock performance for Broken Horses, but I was oh, like geez. holding on for that best album. But um she, yeah, I love that album. That record is phenomenal to me. I think the writing of it, the, um, I don't know, she plays with lots of different styles in it that I find really cool. Um, yeah. and I was a great never, writer. yeah, her, I'm a big lyrics person. Yeah, so yeah, I love to like break down her lyrics, look at them. And I was never like a huge Brandy Carlisle fan until that record. And then I went, oh my gosh, like I've been sleeping on Brandy Carlisle. This mm. is phenomenal. So yeah. And there are some good performances. Did you watch it? No. I didn't. Good. I didn't. My, my, I was at a basketball game. I got kids. You know what I'm saying? So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> I, I had friends over. We watched the Grammys because I don't have kids. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, good for you. I did yeah. hear the controversial. I'm, I'm like, I was like scrolling through this morning um, uh, during my workout, watching YouTube clips and you know social media clips and everything, and caught the Bonnie Raitt thing. Like there was a lot of people upset about Bonnie Raitt, like 
which I, I don't even know that I've heard that song, the whatever whatever track it was from Bonnie Raitt, but it like beat Adele and Taylor Swift and whatever. And uh, I don't know if you've seen, but I saw this Instagram clip. Apparently there was a, um, a UK news outlet that said some unknown blues singer beats out Taylor Swift and Adele. And I was like, ooh, that's not going to look good. And now it's been, it's all day. It's like everybody's just posting this like, I don't know. What do you think? Bonnie Raitt beating Adele and Taylor Swift and all that? Bonnie Ray's a classic. Like I wasn't mad uh, about it. I, I yeah. don't know. They she won, and I have a little brother who's a huge Taylor Swift fan, and he was so mad about it. And I was like, I don't know. I like, like I feel like everybody else that was uh, up against her, you know, Bonnie Ray is uh, she. She paved a lot of the way for him, and I don't know. I think I think we get like all these mainstream, and it's like these people deserve to win because they have names like Taylor Swift and Dylan and whatnot, and we forget. Bought people like Bonnie Ray, and I think yeah. I was happy she won. I was like, "That's really cool." Willie Nelson won stuff yeah. too, so I thought that was super cool as well. I always think it's cool when like um, artists like later in their career, like Bonnie Raitt's not in the prime of her career. Most no. would say, and still she that's I think that's cool when they can when they can get um, recognized. I love that it shows Amazing. like people can make great art their whole lives. Last year, I think Olivia Rodrigo won. Uh, a couple or three or something. And yep. she was like, I don't know what she's 17 last year, 18 yeah, years old. Or something. So I think it's great. Like 17, 18 year old people can win awards and, you know, 70 plus year old people can win Grammys and, and it's great. So I, I didn't, I'm bummed. I didn't get to watch it, but um, are there some of those artists now, like maybe not the Grammy winners, but like right now, who's hot that you're like, man, that I love that record or that artist. Who are you into right now? Uh other than Brandy Carlisle, I think someone I've recently started listening to is Zach Bryan, um, mm. which are, he's pretty popular because of the track Orange. Um, but he's got a song called Half Grown that I think phenomenally written. If you haven't checked it out, you've got to. Um, the lyrics are if you're a lyrics if you're a lyrics lyrics guy like I love oh, yeah. lyrics. You just look at that song, you're like, wow, that was like that's a masterpiece. Yeah. So I've been listening to some of his stuff. Yeah. Do you, do you, are you more attracted to songwriters or musicians or producer type artists? Like what, what do you lean towards mostly? I think I'm, I think I'm always just attracted to a song first. Hmm. Um, and if, if I like really resonate with a song, then I dig into that artist. Um, yeah. and typically I think maybe because I'm a songwriter, I gravitate towards other songwriters. Um, but there are some really, really like well done songs, you know, performed by people who didn't write them. So it, I don't know. I've always been a song by song kind of person rather than a artist only. Really? Yeah. I know that's different. That's different than most people. Well, I wonder if it's a generational thing though, you know, that you didn't really grow up in the album era per Mm -hmm. se, you know? And so now it's like singles and, you know, people drop multiple, multiple singles before their whole album comes out where, you know, at least, you know, up until, I don't know, maybe 2012, 13 ish, maybe that little shift started in the industry, but like for the most part you got one single and then the whole album dropped and then singles would keep dropping to keep the album in the charts, you know? And now you're like a brand new artist coming out. I mean, what do you think about it? You, you have one single out. I'm sure that you have plans for the future. Like how does that make you process as, as an artist, you know, your own career just starting right now? What are you processing in the day of single releases and all that sort of stuff? I'm learning so much so fast. Um, <laughs> I, I bet. <laughs> it's Me too. Like, yeah, I'm trying to keep my head above water. Um, I like before we were in the red. I, I was telling you that like a year, a little over a year ago, I almost quit music. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I want to hear this. Yeah i i was I was writing and it just I don't know. I didn't get any. I wasn't. I felt like I wasn't going anywhere. And 
I was at a point in my life where I was like, I really need to like figure out what I'm going to do with my life. And like, there's just, I don't know, everyone was telling me, you know, the realistic side of your friends and family are like, what are you going to do with your life? Like, this is a fine dream, but you're not making money with this and you're becoming an adult and you, you know, you need to move out and you need to, you need to, <laughs> you need to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, they're probably right. And I really, I don't know, I'm struggling with music right now and I probably need to move on with my life. So I was playing with uh, a lot of the same people that I play with now that are in my band now. And um, I told him like, okay, by the end of the year, um, if we haven't done X, Y, and Z, or we don't see traction in these things, I'm like, I'm calling it, I'm quitting. Um, so by December of 2021, if I don't see significant growth, I'm done. Um, and then I was playing a little show at Smithsville Bar in Atlanta. Nice. I have been, I've been asked to um, headline a little show for someone who had just released like their first um, record. And so it was a younger kid and a bunch of his parents and friends of what came um, to support him. And then they ended up all leaving right before I went on. And there was like, oh. maybe I know there's like maybe five to 10 people in the audience that were oh. just my friends. And I knew all of them. So I was like, I'm quitting in December. I'm totally quitting. Like, this is just <laughs> not. Um, and actually Dan Hannon had been asked to come see uh, the guy that had opened up for me. And he ended up staying for my set. Um, and that after that show that I just, I just gave my show to my friends. Like I was like, whatever, I'm going to give you guys the best show ever because you're here and you love me and I love you guys and we're just going to have a bunch of fun. And so I just sold that thing. Um, And I was like, if this is like my last show ever, you know, I'm going to go out Mm -hmm. oorah. And so so I I played that show and then Dan Hannon came up to me afterwards and started asking me questions and I didn't know who he was, okay? Um, And so I was like, who is this guy? Like, why, why is he so interested in mine? <laughs> in Atlanta, I don't know if you, like, if you're familiar with the Atlanta scenes, everybody comes up to you after and it's like, I'm a producer and I make, you know. Yeah. Um, and so you're like, okay, man. So I, my bass player handles a bunch of details and stuff. So I kind of sent him to her and um, she, she ended up being like, who is this guy? Anyway, we totally blew, <laughs> we totally blew off Dan Hannon. And that, that's the story now. We're like, he's creepy. Stop talking to me. So yeah. um, he makes fun of us now, but that's where I met him. And he was like, I want you to come like, come, will you like, like, let's meet up. Let's hang out. Let's talk about this. If you're serious about this, I'm really interested in producing you. And so long story short, that's how I got involved with Dan, um, literally three months before I had planned to quit. Um, and so had he not been in the room in that moment, had I, had I not like agreed to headline that show, which I almost backed out of, um, had I not just decided to just sell it to my friends, like, I don't even know that I'll be sitting here in this moment. So it's wow. it's crazy like how how it's all worked out. So hearing like young, dumb, and naive is like surreal to me in lots of ways, but I think lots of different ways because I was so close not to having that or not to being on this podcast or or not doing any of this. Yeah. Um, had things not lined up so perfectly. Have you so. have you had other moments like that? Like throughout the journey, the those linchpin kind of things? Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. We the crazy part is I came into the studio, we were just going to record one, maybe two singles. Mm -hmm. And then we did that and we're like, this is going so well, let's make an album. And so young, dumb and naive, I didn't even bring in that song till halfway through the journey. Oh, Um, wow. And that ended up being the first single. So it's, you know, we have songs that we recorded before that and songs we recorded after that sitting and waiting. Um, So that's nice. I don't know the way life goes and the timing and how it all plans out. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Man, I can absolutely attest to that. But yeah. kudos to you for sticking it out. That's it's it's rough out there. Yeah, they don't tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah nobody warns you. No, they don't nobody tell you. Warns that you. Rough. 
Fresh yeah, out. Grit. Yeah, you do. Uh, yeah. And surra- it seems like you're surrounded by great people. Have you have you been mm-hmm. playing with your bandmates for a long time? The way you talk, it seems like uh, you've been friends with them for a while, or or at least with this iteration of the of the group or whatever. Yeah, um, it's really like my bass player Michaela Wise and my drummer Sarah Dickerson. The, they've been my friends for a long time, and I've been playing with them for forever. Um, everybody else has kind of moved in and out, um, and even like. Like Jared Prashibish, he's plays electric right now, and Eli Hannon's playing keys, and and I just like I met them in the last year when I started um, recording with Dan. Um, but they're awesome. But yeah, Michaela and Sarah, I think we've been friends for like six, seven years and doing wow. playing together for that long. So they've been with me through the whole "we're gonna quit" phase. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, so you're you're new to the scene. Are there artists right now that? You you sit around and kind of dream a little bit and go, man, if I could open up for them, that would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, gosh, if I could open up for someone, I, I, my brain's going like a list of people. But if I could, if I could, I'm really into Maggie Rogers right now. Oh, nice. Um, I love Maggie Rogers. Um, I think her new record is super cool. Um, she has a lot of vibes and sounds that I really like. Um, her writing's really cool. Um, I keep saying Brandy Carlisle, and I'm I'm not going to get away from that one because yeah, she's don't. also really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, I'm a huge Elvis fan, and I know nice. obviously I can't open for Elvis, but um, I mean that I would love, be a trick. That would be. Um, <laughs> but uh, I grew up my my grandmother was a huge a huge Elvis fan. I inherited like a bunch of records um, that she had from him, so nice. he's uh he's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, who else? You keep talking about country artists. I know, and I don't even listen to country music that much. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, well, it shocks me a little bit because I, I just based on e- even the show opening today, I'll usually do something in the show opening that kind of is attached a little bit to like the style or the genre or the background or something of the artists that I'm interviewing. So in today's opening, I talked a little bit about like pop, alternative pop music, which is yeah. kind of where I would place at least the one song yeah. I've heard, you know, it's unfair to put you in a genre after one track, but like, uh, uh, but I would go, Oh, it's alternative. It's alternative pop is something. Yep. So I, I talked about a few artists, um, fickle friends and Betty who, and you know, some people like that, that they're just current great pop stars, you know, I, I think. Yeah. And, um, and so it's, in, it's uh, interesting to me that you've mentioned mostly like great country Americana singer songwriters. I know my it's I think my music taste is so random. Um <laughs> and it's probably because I wasn't allowed to listen to anything uh, growing up. That's so random. I just pull When were you allowed? That, when did the curtain get pulled back on the on music? I don't you? know yet that I'm still allowed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I just kind of became an adult and was like, "All right, I'm going to I'm doing okay. this." Okay. Um so I'm still learning like I I joke with Dan all the time. Like I'm so far behind the curve on what I feel like most people that I'm like peers with, like I'm so far behind my music knowledge. And so he sent me like all these little YouTube videos and he sends me TikToks. He's like, you got to learn this person. You got to know who this is. Um, But yeah, I, I don't know. Like I think literally in the last maybe five years, I've just started delving into all a a bunch of music. Um, And so, yeah, I'm a baby when it comes to music. So it's new to me. And, and I think alternative pop is a great, is a great, I think that's a great genre to put me in. I think I'm like, I'm obviously I know the rest of the record. I think the whole record probably falls somewhere into that alternative nice. singer songwriter kind of thing. Um, and so I think that's probably one of the reasons I really like Maggie Rogers is because she plays with that. I, I know I like coin a lot. Mm. Uh, I think coin's super cool. 
Um, so yeah, but I don't know. Cause for forever we were struggling about what genre I was going to fit into because I, I think because my music taste is so diverse, I pull on so many diverse sounds. And I think it was Dan and Jared's job to kind of hone that in and go, all right, this is where we're going because I had no idea. I was just writing songs with my guitar. Um, nice. Yeah. Nice. That's interesting. So I guess the production process must have been really interesting too for the record because yeah. if you bringing in singer-songwriter Americana influences and a small library of, you know, sample music that you've listened to. Yeah. Over the last several years, like I'm sure that that was interesting. So, uh, of them like trying to find, which, you know, I mentioned in in the, uh, we we keep mentioning the name Dan Hannon. If you're, if listeners don't know, Dan's worked with Paris Jackson and Manchester orchestra, and he's an incredible producer. Um, Jared, they're both friends of mine too. Jared's an incredible musician, producer in his own right, songwriter and all that sort of stuff. So, and all the people that you've worked with Mike Ryan over there, who's a studio owner and muscle shoals were, did y'all record everything at, at Ivory Manor? In muscle we shoals? did. We recorded everything at Ivy Manor in muscle shoals, Alabama with Michael and, uh, Michael Wright. And, uh, I think we, we did a few comps in Dan's, um, studio yeah. in Buford. Um, but for the most part, everything was recorded in muscle shoals. Nice. Well, I know like if there's anybody to guide and not over direct, it's, it's those guys like, which I'm sure was, that's so interesting. I can't wait to hear the rest of the project now. Like, I just want to know, you know, the process and stuff too. And the vlogs have been killer. Um, Thank if, you. If you're listening, you should go to, uh, it's just youtube.com slash Kennedy. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Kennedy and Kennedy K E N E D I, um, uh, yep. just go check it out. Uh, and, and check out the vlogs. One of the things I love about the current state of the music industry that I think you're doing a great job at, and I don't know if this is something that just comes natural to you or something that you're just trying to build into the way that you interact with your audience and fans. Um, but one of the things I love about the industry is you do get that peek behind the curtain. Like there's a lot of behind the scenes. There's a lot. And I think people love that kind of stuff. Have you gotten good connections and reactions from all the vlogs and BTS stuff? Yeah. I mean, you can literally go on my YouTube right now and hear almost every song that's going to be on the record in there. It's raw state. And I think most people don't even know that. So we've done so many vlogs recording the album that you literally hear me walk in with the song and then watch what everybody does to it. Um, So if you're interested in what the rest of the album sounds like, I encourage you to go towards that vlog because you literally get a behind the scenes sneak peek on, on all kind like everything. Um, But yeah, I I think it's really cool. I've got a lot of good feedback on, on the vlogs and in the process of working with Dan and Michael and Jared and making the record and, and what it looks like to bring as an artist to bring something you wrote alone in your room on like, with an iPhone recording into a group of people with a bunch of music industry experience and then how the two of you can collaborate to make a final product. Um, and that's something I had to learn about because I, I obviously never done that before. And um, I think they took special care to like, I think they saw me as a person first mm-hmm. and was like, okay, we, we see you and we want to, we want to like, I don't know, highlight who you are in your music when we produce it. Um, so I, I came in with songs and they just got to know me for a minute Um, we hung out and we shared meals and we, we, we just did a bunch of stuff so that they could figure out who I was as a person. I think that helped them figure out how to develop a sound. Um, and that, cause Dan was super big on that. He's like, I don't want to take away from you as a person. So I need to know who you are first. Um, and I value that cause I know that's probably not common. Um, so he, he was super careful to, I don't know, get to know me and still is getting to know me. Um, and, and use who he knows I am to partner with how he makes music. And so yeah. that made a really cool um, partnership, I think. 
Yeah. Did they, uh, just knowing now, like you have a little bit of a small sample size when it comes to, you know, just listening and diving into to music, uh, did they drive you around the shoals? Cause it's, and, and like show you all the spots and like tell you all the history. Yeah. Like Mike knows everybody over there He does, and, yeah. and everything about the town, but Muscle Shoals is rich. I was just listening to Sticky Fingers, Rolling Stone Sticky Fingers, my favorite album of all time. It has been for years. I own it on every conceivable format, multiple vinyls, eight track, cassette, like everything. I just <laughs> love the album. And it, part of it was recorded in Muscle Shoals and, yeah. you know respect and Mustang Sally and I'll take you there. And I mean, just all these massive hits. So did you absorb some history while you were over there tracking? I did. And I, I they took me to fame studios too. Nice. And here I am wearing an Aretha Franklin shirt, you know, very nice. Very so nice. They did. They, and they educate, they've, they've been super careful to educate me on everything I'm doing over there and walk me through the names and the history and like right across the street. This is where this person lived and he recorded this guy. And, and so yeah, it's almost like when you go to Ivy Manor and you record, uh, Michael Wright will give you also a music history tour as well. So nice. It was, it was super cool. Nice. Uh, do you remember uh, the first show that you got to see, like the first concert you ever saw in your life? Yeah, I saw John Mark McMillan in Nashville. Oh, nice. Um, Cannery Ballrooms, I believe, and it's closed now, which is unfortunate because I, I was like, I really want to play here one day. Um, but I listened to him do his record, Borderland. Oh yeah, that's killer. Which I, which I thought that was a really cool album, and he was really, really great live. Um, and and I did the whole um, Q and A package, so I got to hear him talk about his writing and answer questions and stuff, and and then do like a little acoustic song for everybody, just nice. right up and like right in front of you. So that was cool. What's your uh, What's your favorite live show you've ever seen? I don't know that I've seen my favorite yet. I haven't seen one that's like, I don't know taking my breath away or whatever and there's i have a list of people i would love to see live but who's on that list brandy carlisle all right (laughs) Um, do you need me to read them back to you i can you may i think you have the list i think you're actually holding it no 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 no. they're they're in there you hadn't seen guns and roses yet i haven't either i haven't either yeah because remember i don't know that i'm allowed to be doing this still so no i mean i don't know i don't have any authority in your life but yeah you can make a list who you want to see who you want to see who's out there yeah, I want to see, I mean, I want to see everybody, really, because now, like, I'm new to this. I feel like a kid, like, I'm like, it's Christmas, and I can do whatever I want now. So, it's like, <laughs> who don't I, who don't I want to see? It's name someone, and i probably like, yeah, and also, just, even if I haven't heard of them, I've really started to love live music. I was, yeah. I never really was exposed to that growing up. So, now that I am, it's like, you, when you first had sugar or coffee, and you're like, oh my gosh, I, <laughs> I want it all the time. So, I'm it's like, I don't know. I can name all my favorite artists I want to see. I want to see Brandy Carlisle. I want to see Maggie. I want to see Coin. I want to see um, Bruno Mars, I heard, does a phenomenal live show. Mm. Um, Michael Michael goes to see him in Las Vegas all the time, and he always talks about how <laughs> phenomenal his live show is. Because in Anderson Pack, I mean, yeah, oh, man. got to be phenomenal. So I would love to see Zach Bryan live since I've his music I've been listening to recently. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I could sit here and just pull up my iTunes and just name all my like favorite playlist people off my playlist. I just like so eager to absorb as much as I can, as fast as I can. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of a sponge at the moment. I love it. Are, uh, so now the, I know that you have songs cause you've, you've you put some stuff together for me. So I'm assuming you have like an album's worth of material or ish. Okay. Yeah. And that at some point we're going to hear something other than the single. Yeah. Is that, at are there point. plans you can share? Like, 
for the next step or anything like that? I know next single is going to be released in March. Nice. You're the first person to hear that, so excellent. That's a little insider, yeah. And then, excellent. and then from there, I think it's kind of a monitor the situation and see if we release another single or we go ahead and release an album. Nice. Yeah. Any uh, touring plans or anything? Anything else? Uh, I'm yeah. I'm playing just all over the place right now in February at a bunch of coffee shops and breweries and, and a few shows like ticketed shows in Atlanta. And then the goal is at the end of March to do my first little regional tour. Nice. So trying to go just around the Southeast. That That would be my first time like going on any kind of tour out of the state. Nice. Are you going to headline or are you, are you trying to jump on a support with somebody or? I think, I think I would, I think I want to jump on support with someone since um, I'm new to it and I'm trying to like build up a fan base in other states and cities. And we've made some connections playing shows with people that have come here um, that I think we're going to like show exchange. Like, Hey, can I come support you? you know, in Gainesville, Florida, I just played a show with late night losers. And so I think I'm going to go play in Gainesville, their hometown, because they just came to Atlanta and and, um, I headlined a show here where they opened for me. So now it's like, Hey, can I go, you know, to your hometown? I love that. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, what else you got coming up? Shows? (sighs) Yeah. Single? I'm going tonight playing a show in in underground Atlanta at Mike Stancy's Stancy's. Yeah. And so, uh, then tomorrow I got, a show at Eddie's Attic for the writer's block. Um, Very cool. I got like four shows this week. So that that's yep. the most uh, pressing thing, I think. Is it all on the website? Uh, yeah, everything's on my website. Everything's on my socials. So I, I keep all the information up on both. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's great to talk to you. I, I really appreciate you being on the show. I was floored by the single. Still am. I think it's great. I can't wait to hear the rest of the record or at least the next single. And if you guys are unfamiliar with OK Kennedy's music, you can follow her everywhere on social media, just at OK Kennedy, Kennedy's K-E-N-E-D-I. So go follow, go keep up with the vlogs, check the website, go see her live if you're in the Atlanta Southeast area over the next couple months and stream and share the single. Um, Every once in a while you hear something that you just go, wow, that's, different. This was one of those tunes, you know, just for me personally, which is why I reached out and just like, gosh, I gotta, I gotta have you on the show. Uh, so I, I appreciate the time. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited. Thank you for having me and um, excited to share the next single with you. I think yeah. you really like it. Yeah. Well, it's going to be awesome. Take care. Appreciate Thank it. You. you too, man. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, really enjoyed that conversation uh, with Kennedy. She is a phenomenal artist, super fun person. Go listen to Young, Dumb, and Naive. If you haven't heard it, go stream it. Uh, watch the official video on YouTube. Go check out the vlogs. Go check out her website. She's obviously got a lot of uh, dates coming up. And it's great to see an artist like this when they're playing these small venues because I'm telling you, she's going to blow up. And then you're going to have to buy tickets to State Farm. And they're not cheap. You know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so, so go see her while you can um, at some of these great venues around the Georgia area or when she announces these tour dates around the Southeast that are coming up for her and all that sort of stuff. So check her out, stream the single, watch the YouTube stuff, all that good stuff. Support great 
artists and great music. Uh, make sure to check out the show notes. I'm going to drop all the artists uh, that we talked about in there, as well as some links to Kennedy's music and uh, uh, video for Young, Dumb, and Naive, and all that sort of stuff is in the show notes. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can just go click down there, Make sure that, or, or YouTube, or wherever you're listening. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, make sure you subscribe, and make sure you follow us on social media. Uh, we're just at MyFi Podcast everywhere, and you can find out everything you need to know about the show and find old episodes and all that sort of stuff on uh, the interwebs at myfipodcast.com. So go check it out. And until next time, have a good one.